0: Welcome to Tuesday Trots Live with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Join the conversation today and text us on 0499 736
1: 736. There have been some shenanigans going on behind the scenes here in the tech world. Uh, Big show. It is... Trot's Life with a Ballarat Cup special and a Ballarat Cup flavour. Tim O'Connor and Bronte Newenberg will join us from Ballarat. First and foremost, Tim, how are you, mate?
2: Hey, mate, great to be on. Hopefully you can hear us loud and clear. We're in the new function room here at Bray Raceway. I think it's called, uh, well, it's got a 73 on it, so it's... Bell Street 73 or something, I had my uh, birthday here on uh, Inter-Dominion night, so uh, it's a very good facility, Paul Rouse has looked after us, Ash Matters looked after us, and uh, I'm here with a very special guest as well, Toby.
1: You you were born there on Inter-Dominion night, you were destined to be in the trots. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's right, Um, yeah, about 37 years uh, down the track, but we certainly (laughs) had a good night and I don't remember all of it, to be honest. Yeah, well, you said you had your birthday there
1: um, into Dominion.
2: I should uh, should know I've got to be absolutely on the ball
1: with you. (laughs) You don't have to. I just like having fun. Hang on.
2: Hang on. I've got a message come through here. Paul Rouse says it's 703 on Bell. So for anyone looking for a function room over the festive period next year or any time through the year, get on uh, Facebook. 703
1: on Bell. Why 703? I suppose we can ask that. Must be the address, is uh, it? Impossible. I have no idea, mate. We'll have to ask that of Paul later Street later in the show. He'll text you straight away, but we might keep the listeners in suspense. Maybe they can get involved, 0-499-736-736 and get involved on Y 703 on Bell Street. It might be how many winners you've backed last year, Tim. They might have named it after you. There could be lots of reasons. We don't want real reasons. We don't want real reasons. It might be what.
2: Yeah, okay. what the punters'
1: club's going to return on what the punners Club's going
2: to return on Saturday night with Darren Carroll in charge <laughs> seven hundred and three dollars per twenty dollar ticket
1: yeah, well, I do know someone turned a five dollar ticket into eighty five I think that that's a pretty good uh return on investment but to turn just a twi- head wobble? or uh, to turn twenty into uh, turn twenty into seven hundred would have to be uh you'd have to get the quaddy one out wouldn't you with no one else getting it just about Because... That, that'd be a yeah, an take.
2: exceptional effort. The yeah. g- um,
1: we go off on Yeah, well, they've
2: been flying because we do. But Mitch Sidebottom uh, deserves a shout-out for the effort at Shepparton on the weekend. 20 into 75, I think, which just better Darren Carroll and, and Brett Carroll at Bendigo the week before they turned 20 into 70. So the punters clubs
1: are flying, so there's no better time to be involved. Toby? Certainly isn't. Now, uh, I'm just... When, when are we going to announce some Ballarat Cup fields, or so, we'll welcome Bronte Newenberg in first, I suppose. Bronte, how are you? And uh, you're there Hi. with Tim.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm across the table. Um, we've got the we've got the cups with us, so it's nice to look at them. It's setting the atmosphere.
2: It is. We've got the uh, Alderbaran Park Knight Pistol Group Two Trevor here, very impressive, but. We've got the big one, the Ballarat Pacing Cup. I know it's a Group 2, Toby, but that doesn't sit well with me. It's a Group 1 race. It's the Group 1 Ballarat Pacing Cup. So we've got both of them here. And I reckon we give you the honours of reading these fields out because I have promised
1: them off the top. All righty. So we'll start with the Pistol Night. Sorry, the Night Pistol uh, at Ballarat on Saturday night. Number one is... Mufasa Metro for John Justice. Number two, Plymouth Chubb for Karen Manning. And no doubt uh, she's tackled this race a number of times, the Night Pistol. Number three is Call Me the Breeze for Nathan Jack. Uh, he's down on it at the start anyway. Number four, Visionary David Moran. Five, Hammers Law Anthony Butt. Number six, Just Believe for Greg Sugars. Seven is Queen Elida for Chris Alford. Eight, I'm Ready Jet for Nathan Jack. Nine, Key Yang Ignite returns for Jason Lee. Ten, RC Phoenix for Chris Sinosio. Eleven, Travel Bug James Herbertson. And 12, Sleepy for Chris Alford is the barrier draw for the Night Pistol on Saturday night. and. I suppose, Tim, your eyes are just drawn to Just Believe Gate 6, I'm Ready Jet, inside second row, mate.
2: Yeah, I think it's a. It, well, first and foremost, it's just an outstanding field. Isn't um, it? I, I feel like we say this all the time when we see a good field that this is the best trotting race that you can remember, but oh, it's got to be for me. And just with the addition of Call Me the Breeze being in there, we'll get Bronte to talk a bit about this horse, she knows a lot about it. Um, that's a real. Um, interesting runner and draw as well. And, yeah, Just Believe and Queen of outside, you know, outside the front row. Uh, you, you've mentioned I'm Ready Jet. And we've got RC Phoenix, the last start Group 1 winner. Uh, probably a couple of horses that possibly can't win uh, outside back row, but just an outstanding race. Uh, Bronte, what's your first impressions? Um, I think you did say to me, Mufasa Metro has a bit of love barrier draws.
3: I think he drew one, the last two Inter-Dominion Grand Finals, remember? Yeah. memory. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> um, that is a fantastic draw for Mufasa Metro. And, you know, I actually wouldn't be surprised if John Justice held the front because they have claimed that this horse is now better as a stayer and not a sprinter, so... You, it could potentially throw the race in a way that could suit a horse like I'm ready jet who will be following it but I no just yeah so I'm excited for call me the breeze to be honest I did see a trial and I saw the connections associated with uh the horse on track for its most recent trial and uh, I said to Nathan Jack I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this but before the trial, I said, are you going to drive I'm Ready Jet or Call Me The Breeze when they're both racing together? And he goes, "Ah, I'll let, the, I'll let the team decide. And then he comes off the track and he goes, I'm driving this one <laughs> to Call Me The Breeze. So I don't know if that speaks for the quality of horse. And that obviously could change now if the barrier draws and everything that's happened since. But I think that's speaking for the quality of Call Me The Breeze. If Nathan Jack, just for one trial, wanted to drive it over I'm Ready Jet.
2: I think Toby, um, to jump in there, I listened to you on Vision on Saturday night, and you interviewed Anton, and I think he referenced, you know, I'm Ready Jet maybe heading towards that slot race overseas, and he was, qu- Anton was quick to say that it was either that or or Call, call me, me the me breeze, breeze. So yeah. they've got it. They've got this horse. You know, clearly it was always going to
1: come here with good wraps, but obviously they like what they see at home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. From what he said, didn't he? He sounded like. Uh, he's very confident. It's going to be a very nice horse and very successful horse over the next six months. Do you want to go with the Ballarat Cup field, Tim? I reckon you go with it, mate.
2: And then um, I think uh,
1: if anyone's uh, keeping an
2: eye on tab markets, uh, Andrew Spagnolo from the tab's is going to join us just after 11.30 to open the Ballarat Pacing Cup market. But I do think he's going to be opening the Night Pistol market basically as of now. So if you hit and refresh on your, uh, your tab app... That you should see that pop up, but you will hear the Ballarat Pacing Cup market uh, exclusively here before he opens it, and you'll hear the field very shortly, Toby. When you deliver that right
1: now, Ballarat Pacing Cup Saturday night, hundred thousand dollar race. Number one is Beyond Delight. Two, Pete said so for Kerry Ann Morris. She has two runners engaged. Three, Ultimate Vinny for Sam Barker. Four, Serge Blanco. For Ryan Duffy, of course, winner of a on the night last year in a breakthrough heat. Number five, Kanina Provlima for Kerryanne Ann Morris. Six is Catch a Wave for Andy and Kate Gath. Seven, Kendi's Butterfly for Shannon O'Sullivan's down at the moment. Be great for Shannon to have a drive in it. Eight, Sia Art for Greg Sugars and Jason Grimson. Nine, Platinum Stride for Team Sanderson. 10, Cosimo for Jack Law. 11, Hurricane Harley for Mark Pitt at the moment. 12, Mac Dan for Mark Pitt at the moment. And 13, Bulletproof Boy for Scotty Ewan. God, he can draw the outside. Is he actually considered ODM in country cup races, Bulletproof Boy? Well, must be. Um, yeah, that was one of the first things that struck me. Um, oh. You know, random
2: barrier, draw of course for the Ballarat Pacing Cup and uh, Bulletproof Boy, no luck there. Uh, just to mention, Toby, uh, the emergency is Platinum Stride, Barrier 9. Oh, so is it? Just, yeah, um, OK. Yeah, so it, it is hard to see on that thing. It's right over the right-hand side, I reckon, what you're reading off. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, OK. Platinum Stride is the emergency, so... That's Barrier 9. But, um, well, you first, Toby. What are your impressions? I think yeah, the Barrier Draw has worked out really well for another good competitive race. But Catch a Wave's the star power. He'll start favourite. Uh, any estimates on what price he would be?
1: Uh, my first impression is I'm glad I'm not Andrew Spagnolo at the moment from the TAP <laughs> because uh, I su- does Catch a Wave start
2: favourite? Mm. I reckon he does. Do you think? I reckon he does. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, does he get to the top, do you think? Well... Or I don't know. I, this I, I, is where Bronte will be great, but I would assume he'd work forward and get the front, but I don't know. Bronte, is, I think you are keen on the one here as well.
3: Yeah, I do like Beyond Delight. I don't know how, much, how connections are going to want to push it too hard early if the horse can get fired up, but because there is no sprint lane, I can't imagine... Horses, particularly, wanting to get pushed too far back. And if Beyond a Light can hold the front, I could see it handing up to a horse like Catch a Wave. It probably, maybe, would hand up to a Kanina Provlima who would probably park Catch a Wave. But uh, yeah, every other horse I think on that front line would continue to shuffle it back. So it's a complicated race. I actually really like Mac Dan because it's going to stay out of that early burn over the 2700 because it is a front fast front line. So
1: back then could benefit from that and he always seems to race well fresh as well the the other thing i noticed here tim is pete said so has broken the gotta draw terrible in victoria rule uh it's finally got a decent barrier draw i don't know how many goes it's had down here five or six and i think this <laughs> it's ever drawn very well at all so it, uh pete said so drawing two we might see the best of him as well
2: yeah, uh, yeah, I mean it strikes me. I don't know a lot about the interstate raiders in terms of Gatesby, but I certainly know that Canada probably led um and and just run along and ran a, a cracker race at Shepparton last weekend, you know, uh Ultimate Vinny uh is a horse that has Gatesbred Serge Blanco, um Catch a Wave obviously. So there is a bit going on there, isn't there? Um and I, I like what you know Bronte says there about Macdown. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. I really think he's you know in his best Form it, he would be eight or nine now. I reckon. But he's um, such a leader. He trialed last night. He he, he trialed last night. brunty did he?
3: Yeah, he trialed, and uh, and Cipher was also in the trial with Catch a Wave. The three of them were in it, and Catch a Wave sat last and just ran straight past and Cipher and Mac Dan, and they came home and I think twenty five and eight. So it was a sensational sprint, and Catch a Wave is such a fast horse. um But. I don't think you can read too much into a trial when the connections knew they were coming into this race.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, i just got an email here. You might have heard that in the background, Toby. Yeah, it's we from d- Andrew Spagnolo. Yeah. Uh, and it says the Night Pistol Market is open, and I've clicked the link so I can read that out now. So... Uh, Just Believe is a dollar fifty favourite from Barrier 6 for the Night Pistol. We've got Mufasa Metro at $9. Plymouth Chubb, 17 Call Me The Breeze, the um, international raider here at $5. Visionary, $51. Hammer's Law, 101 Just Believe, $1.50, as I said. Queen Alighter, 11 from outside the front row. I'm Ready Jet, $17. Kiang Ignite, 51 RC Phoenix, 11 Travel Bug, 101 and sleepy 51 so $1.50 for just believe is that about right
1: uh yes i reckon he will control the race uh from greg has got the opportunity to control the race doesn't he call me the breeze really is the query runner isn't it five dollars mafasa metro eighty five. the place i reckon is very interesting because i think he's a wonderful wonderful place chance Queen Elida, $11.242. At her, if you could back Queen Elida knowing she produced her best, uh, $11 appears value even from gate seven and, well, basically. Well, Plymouth Sharp, off what we saw in the Inter-Dominion series, certainly could win the race. And uh, I'm Ready Jet inside second row to overcome, 17 and 3, 28, 28. She was very good last week. And it was interesting how Anton said on Saturday night, Tim, that they're just trying something almost different with her by racing her every week for a little while to see if that really yeah. gets her in tune. So potential overs there, 17 and 328 RC Phoenix, $11, probably about the right price. He certainly... I wouldn't be shocked if he came out and beat these RC Phoenix, uh, but I don't expect him to have taken that uh, that gigantic leap at this stage, if that makes sense.
2: Uh, I think that's a pretty good summary. Um I I'm just sort of thinking of what you know, what it would mean if Call Me the Breeze comes out and dominates this race, how exciting that would be for things going forward. I mean, five dollars is you know what do, what are your thoughts there, Brunty? I mean, are we, is that a about right? Or you probably will drift, Willie. I don't know. There'll be probably a bit of money for some other ones that a lot of us Australians and Victorians know a bit more about. But um oh, yeah, just believe a dollar fifty, that seems right to me because it's just impossible to see him being beaten from what he did in the Inter-Dominion and what he's done for the last couple of years.
3: I actually spoke to Chris Sfinosio yesterday. This was obviously before the field barrier draw came out and he wanted to look after the horse, I think, in this race. not I'm not saying he's not going to be competitive at all, but in this sort of field, I don't think their intentions are going to be to give it a gut buster, if that's the right word to use, knowing that they want the whole preparation ahead of him so i wouldn't be surprised if they saved rc phoenix for just one run in this race as for call me the breeze i think it probably will end up in the breeze work its way to the breeze and then uh hand up to just believe and it may end up in the 1-1 and if i would be a little bit nervous if i was reg sugars and i had call me the breeze on my back
1: I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have a break. We'll take a break here for four or five minutes. Thanks to Josh for texting through as well. Night Pistol Market has just gone up. So thank you, for Josh, for helping out. And just for about the next little segment, before we get Andrew up, I'm going to challenge you with a few different stats and, uh, around the Ballarat Cup and Cochrane Cup over recent years. I know it's the Night Pistol uh, this year, but I'm going to challenge the pair in Ballarat for a little bit on the other side of the break before we get to Andrew with the market for the Ballarat Cup. To Trot's Life, Andrew Spagnolo, and I really hope I'm not murdering that name, Andrew, joins us. How are you, Andrew, and have we got it right?
4: Uh, close enough. And good morning, listeners, and thanks for having me.
1: Now, uh, Tim and Bronte are with us as well, mate. Uh, You've got a Ballarat Cup market ready to go. I've had a little crack off very short notice at trying to build a market. And, of course, I didn't have time to put it in to percentage terms or anything like that. So i will be interested to to tackle your market with what our initial thoughts are as well.
4: Yeah, sounds good. Some chance we should be going with yours, not mine, because it is a tricky one to (laughs) break.
1: Oh, it is, yeah. Fire away, off the top.
4: All right. So number one, Beyond Delight, seven dollars. Pete said so. Twenty one. Ultimate Vinny, forty one. Serge Blanco, five fifty. Canina Problema, twenty one. Catch a Wave, a dollar eighty. Kendi's Butterfly, two fifty one. Sea Art, seven dollars. Platinum Stride, one hundred and one. Cosmo, one hundred and one. Hurricane Harley, fourteen. Mac Dan, eleven. Bulletproof Boy. 31, and if you allow about 20 to 30 seconds, that market will be open at tab.com.au. So you
1: are literally hitting the button as we speak.
4: We'll Do our best for the listeners and a little <laughs> yeah. bit of an exclusive, hopefully not too many spoils.
1: Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is loaded up on my screen that uh, it's up. It must be race eight. And there it is. It is on the TAB site. So go on and have a look and I think my eyes are initially probably drawn to catch a wave, $1.80. Uh, Tim, that looks pretty short from gate six first up in a Ballarat Cup. Um, yeah, the only
2: uh, discussion I had around the market this morning uh, with, was with Paul Oxenford, who sent the fields through and sent them to Andrew uh, as well so he could price them. And Ox said to me, uh, what price catch a wave? And I said, gut feel around the seventy range. So maybe that's really? value, Andrew.
4: Yes, it's really tricky to price. Initially, I actually did have him a little bit longer. And then when I went through the rest of them, perhaps they have a few convictions or um, perhaps mm. haven't stood up. So Beyond Delight's one that could easily come out and win the race. Um, Serge Blanco's done, had an amazing prep. And then you've got a few, little bit of unknown with Sea Art and perhaps and Harley and Macden. Den. Um, they, they do those last two four mentioned, perhaps are overs on their ability. Um, the draw perhaps makes it harder. The trickiest part for a Wave is not just being first up. Um, however, the distance for me was, was a question mark. Perhaps he won't be tested uh, fully at the distance, hence why I went up so short. Bron- Bronte,
1: uh, uh, mm-hmm. you were about to comment, I think, on that. But Pete said so, Canina, Provlima are stable mates both inside a Wave. That's intriguing. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, but the one that caught my eye is Serge Blanco. It's quite short. Is that under the assumption it's going to lead? Initially,
4: yeah, good question, Bronte. Spot on. It, it seems to be um, one of those horses that, especially over a distance, appears somewhat happy to hand up. And I guess that's the assumption or the the line I took on the pricing of the race that Surge would get over to the fence first and then potentially release catchaways um, almost immediately uh, should it go forward. If I get that wrong, then there's plenty of value on the table for customers.
1: Yeah, cheers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That gate, that gate speed market, which. We'll spend five days uh, tossing and turning over this, Tim. And, Andrew, is that about an hour to work it out? Yeah, it's, it's actually quite... Um, I what, what, question not
2: really to do with this race, Andrew, but do you, what's it like when you, um, you have to price these big races? Do you get quite nervous when you press go on these markets and just hope nothing blows up? Or what's your sort of emotions as you're putting these markets together? Because, look, we've all done you know, in our head and stuff, and, and we've all seen horses and go, hang on a minute, why is that that? Because hmm. uh, everyone's got an opinion.
4: Yeah, spot on. Uh, it's sort of hope and pray, to be honest. Uh, the, the, a lot of the times, particularly uh, if it's a map-dependent um, betting market, if you get it wrong, you, you'll find out generally within seconds on this particular occasion we haven't had too many um, bets come through. The only one of note, if it's worth um, noting for listeners, is Mac Dan's been the only one that's been a nibble for particularly more place than win on that particular one. But, mm. uh, Tim, to answer your question, a lot of it is, uh, my opinion, clearly versus the rest of the markets, and which in a way makes a game great. At the same time, it's not a great feeling when they're loading into one that you got wrong. So, so yeah.
1: So, Tim, Mac Dan's coming to $9 and $2.45 already. Is that off the back of that nibble, Andrew?
4: Correct. Yeah, we, we we do we are very responsive to the professional punters that bet early or, or any money that comes early, and clearly someone thinks it's it's definitely a, a winning or a, in this case um a, a chance of running a good race in the Ballarat Cup.
1: Bronte, you're pointing at your yeah. phone.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I was pointing at my. I texted you, Toby. Oh. Um <laughs> the sulky up gate speed ratings are out. If we want to know the exact gate speed ratings for the horses, um, there is less than Oh, wow. There is, I would say, 0.5 to 0.4 of a length difference separating the whole front line. And Toby follows Silky up ratings and he would be able to agree that this is the most even gate speed line I think we've had all year. And to put it into perspective, Catcher Wave actually has the slowest gate speed by 0.1 of a length on that front line, but it has the most persistent gate speed, meaning he'll go forward for the longest amount of time before he gives up. So, uh, looking at that directly, beyond a light should have enough gate speed to hold the front until catch a wave comes around.
1: Yeah, so Very I can. Interesting. Yeah, I can elaborate on this because I feel like I'm wedded to the sulky app gate speed, but not just the seven pl, which is how many lengths they run in the first seven seconds of the race, but the gate speed persistency is extremely important. You have to couple those together. That's how I use it, and uh, they're all within uh a length of each other but their gate speed persistency is basically all at threes fours or catch a is at a five so that says that it really now comes down to the tactics of the drivers and uh andrew we we are lucky as punters and tipsters that we can pick the eyes out of this but you're wedded to predicting basically you got to predict the tactics of the drivers from four days out
4: yeah, it can get even <laughs> trickier when there's the same driver on three different horses that are all going to be in the market. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> on this
4: occasion, they, they did make it a little bit simpler for us. But the puzzle, uh, I don't think anyone will know until the green light goes. And, and the first question is what Catch a Wave does early. And I guess the second question is. If he does go forward, does he even get the top? And as Bronte alluded to, sounds like if, if a few of them put their hand up out of the gate, there's going to be a lot of speed on. And Andy's a pretty clever man. If, if he thinks that, he may just go straight back at the start. And he proved in the Victoria Cup that he can follow speed and, and still nearly get home over the top. Yeah,
1: well, he went forward at the start of that Vic Cup, didn't he, Tim? He did and then, too, yeah, yeah and, then, and then went all the way back and then charged home at the end and... Oh, this The level of this field's not quite what that Victoria Cup was. So if you replicated the Victoria Cup race, he would probably still win this doing that. if Does that make sense, Tim? It does. Um,
2: yeah, I've, I've spoken to him. We'll, we'll get Andy on the line uh, hopefully after 12 o'clock to have a bit of a chat. But um, we've spoken many times. The, the evenness. I know a Wave is a star. And look, most would say he's probably the best horse in this field. But there's not... Many horses in these ranks, Toby, that can actually sit outside, you know, horses Mm. of very similar ability and beat them. So I'm always, I always subscribe to, you know, why give, um, you know, the the market favourite an advantage if you don't have to? I mean, he's not going to clear and going off what Bronte said, he's not just going to run to the top uh, off his own accord because he's too fast. So it's going to come down to someone allowing him to do that. Uh, If I was driving, um, horses in the market like Beyond Delight, um, Serge Blanco. if he got across, um, I wouldn't be handing up. No way in the world. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I, I think Andy would be a little bit worried about putting all these eggs in one basket
1: there as well at the start. Yeah, he would be. And he's first up too, Tim. And he's got yep. much bigger fish to fry. I know it's a Bellrack Cup worth $100,000, but there's a Hunter Cup in a race called the Miracle Mile as well. So do you give him what in the old terms we used to call a gut buster first up and charge to the, you know, run real hard for the first thousand metres? And I suppose there is a theory around with some people, he's not the strongest horse either, Uh, Catch a Wave. It's going to be a wonderful Ballarat Cup. I see more movement in the market. I just saw the screen update and a couple change, Andrew. So has it been, before we let you go, has there been a couple of more little nibbles or is that, are you just adjusting it as you go?
4: Just flicking a few out slowly, so I guess um, give the punters every chance. We're trying to get the percentages down um, as soon as possible. So at this stage in time, whatever we, we we don't lay early. We're happy to certain runners anyway. Just happy to push out slightly and um, hopefully attract some some interest in, on some level and see what happens. Uh, not many times as the boss man said, you finally got one right for so the, the calm. This might be the calm before the storm, but if not, we'll um, gradually get the runners out and hopefully. Uh, have a good betting race come jump time,
1: Andrew. Price assessors and weather predictors are generally the ones that uh, everyone says never get it right. It's Tim, <laughs> just one
2: quick one before you go, Andrew. The night pistol, any movement there? Because that is an absolute oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a major highlight on the night. Probably, probably the highlight to my eye.
4: Yeah, just believe he's been absolutely brilliant for attracting people to the to the sport, but particularly the, the square gating side of it. Uh, unfortunately, this occasion he, he hasn't attracted betting. It's, it's been very quiet. Perhaps his opening price of $1.50 is somewhere near what he'll start. Uh, he's the only runner we've laid. We haven't uh, made a price turn, but he, um, he put it in perspective, we haven't had much interest on any other runner as, as of yet. But like I said about the other market, we'll start pushing a few out. Um, be interesting to see if the money does come for Call Me the Breeze. Pretty exciting um, situation with mm. this international visitor well i guess he's here to stay now and will the money come for him or does he need to run first up i guess we'll find out um in regards to the betting situation the next few days and then come jump time hopefully he can match it with the new superstar on the block
1: very good andrew thank you very much for joining us mate and uh, making those prices available on trots life
4: thanks for having me guys all the best
1: A break. Thanks, Andrew. A break. We'll take a a look at this and we'll come back the other side and uh, we might uh, try and find what our initial thoughts are at the prices and uh, how we have a tackle at it on the early markets.
0: You're listening to Tuesday Trots Life with Jason Bonington.
1: Welcome back to Chirot's Life. Toby McKinnon with you. Tim O'Connor is with us and Bronte Neuenberg, uh They're live in Ballarat, the scene where Saturday night's feature event, the Ballarat Cup, will be on. And now you're ready for this, Tim. You know I can come up with the unusual and the lateral and Bronte. I'm worried about this. You're worried about <laughs> this? <laughs> this could go anywhere, but yes, I'm ready.
3: He was nervous off-air about this.
1: Yeah,
2: I, know. I asked, Ra- asked Rousey to stay. He walked in. <laughs> I said, you might need to be here for this.
1: I don't know if Rousey will like this, though, so I'm not sure uh, he's going to love it. Last year, right, there was 10 races Ballarat Cup night. How many leaders at the Bell won, do you reckon, Tim?
2: Um, yeah, I feel like we've discussed this. Um,
1: I'm going to go with 10. You are correct, mate. 10 out of 10 D- litres with a lap to go, one last year. The year prior was four... Out, well, the year prior was strange. It was a dead heat, so I've called it four out of 10, but it could be three out of nine or however you want to... Or mm. it could be four out of nine. Depends how you want to look at Butler. that.
2: Was that Aussie Battler? I reckon he dead heated here.
1: Possibly. Uh, the year anyway. The year before that was four out of 10. In 2020, it was eight out of nine. And in 2019, six out of 10. Now... Bronte for you, I'll give you a question. These are without notice, so you've got to do well used to I've got you on the hop here <laughs> it, 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 do you think there's a difference in percentage of leaders winning at tracks from your standard country front meeting to your metropolitan meeting?
3: Yeah, because if you're a if it's a very 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 high class race, then coming from behind and having to cover extra distance can become very impossible if the horse in front is running track record times. Yeah. Also, there's no sprint lane here, so you have to go wide.
1: I agree. That was uh, That's what I thought. So it's nice to hear that I'm, I'm belting down the right track here. So that in the last five years on the Metro meetings, and that's why I only looked at those Metro meetings, 32 of the 49 races have been won by the leaders with a lap to go that's 65%. So I haven't seen if there's 10 races on on Saturday night, by average, six or seven of them will be the leaders. Now, I suppose that's important to looking at the cup and to the night pistol as well as to who wins the races. Tim.
2: Yeah, it is. Um I know that um if you had Darren Carroll on here we, and yeah. asked him that very question, he'd be um he'd be nodding in agreement even if he's listening now because I know he said this a lot of times. He was right onto this. And this is largely why he went so well at the Punders Club at Bendigo. He was onto this very, very early. Um, the fact that in these higher-class races, and the map is so dominant. And I think it was leader or leaders back won every race there on Bendigo Cup night. Um, but, yeah, there's certainly... Um, you know, it's
1: uh, what have I done there? Ah, oh, come <laughs> on! Now, last year I did a whole show on the leaders, leaders back at Bendigo, where I had stats for the last five years—the percentage of horses that had won leader, leaders <laughs> back at Bendigo. That Darren Carroll Black, I'm telling you, it's he's just—he's just, just stolen my yeah. material.
2: Well, he's turned it into money. That's the main thing. And money for everybody else, not just him, <laughs> including me. I woke up to a, a nice little boost in the account too, which was nice. But, no, nah, I agree. It's, um, it's going to be very interesting to find these leaders on Saturday night.
1: Can you just host for 30 seconds, Tim? I'm just ringing my lawyer, see if there's a case here I can make. Uh. <laughs> now, <laughs> my next one. probably would have a lawyer too, knowing you. My next one, right? Her, last year's Cochrane Cup had a French trotter in the race.
2: Yes, that is
1: true. Who was that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You should see, they're they're like the brain. You can see cogs turning here. Bronte's Bronte's cogs are turning. Is it the
3: one that has side like one winner?
1: No. 2017, uh, 2018, My Tribeca from Italy raced on Ballarat Cup night. In 2019, Pizza Queen from America raced on Cup night. In 2020, Destiny, Jenna Lou. From France, raced on Cup Night at Ballarat. In the last two years, the horse I referred to is Hopeful Beauty, who was a French-bred horse, yeah. has raced on Cup Night as well. So uh, it's great to have called me the breeze, a French-bred horse racing Cup Night. But uh, Anton Galino and Pat Driscoll have basically been doing this since 2017 on their <laughs> local Cup with with horses. That's- and and David Aiken says hello because my high expectation from America raced in 2016 Cup night. So how's that for a flavour?
2: That, that that's your best start. You, you've produced uh, a few numbers today, but that is your best. I remember uh, before my time at HRV, but my Tribeca, I used to think it was my Tribeca Eater. I reckon it might have got a race caller over the journey too, but mm-hmm. um, we need to get rid of those just on another topic. We need to wipe those off the end of the names, but we can... Um, <laughs> Do we? We can move forward. And we also need to add apostrophes back into the names too, which um, oh, I'm uh, pushing
1: for. So there's a couple of shows for you there, Toby. There's the journalist, Tim, <laughs> coming out. I'm not worried about apostrophes. I'm certainly not worried about um, yours and yours you and his and his. Oh, no, I, mean, I am. I, I am. am terrible at them, but <laughs> I couldn't be good at everything, let's face it, and hopefully I find something I'm good at one day. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so they were a couple of my uh, Ballarat uh, stats. Uh, I think the leader one's pretty important, though, to punters on Saturday night. It's not always like, say, for instance, Chinese Whisper won last year, but came around three wide and got to the lead with a lap to go. So that spot in front's very important at any racetrack in Australia, and it's just... Ballarat, for me, plays like a small track because that last bend's so tight with a, with a long home straight, yes. So, you're sort of Robin Peter to pop, pay Paul there. So, um, uh, I suppose that could be Paul Rouse I'm talking about, but uh, they're, they're, they're the factors that you've got to consider on uh, the Ballarat track. Let's take a 11.30 news in and we'll come back with Andrew from the TAB who will give us the opening Ballarat Cup market.
0: You're listening to Tuesday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington.
1: Welcome back to Trot's Life and Toby McKinnon is your host. Now, sorry, but I am a little stuck on this, Tim. You you reckon catch a wave at $1.70, he's opened at $1.80, so you are. Closer to the market than what I was, that's for sure. About a horse who's not necessarily going to lead. We don't know how fit he is, and it's not his grand final. And you're happy to take a dollar eighty? Is what you tell me? No, 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 I don't think you listened. You heard me right there. I was asked
2: what I thought he would open up at, and that okay. was what I thought he yeah, would open up okay. at. okay, I'll give you that. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, leave me out of that. Um, he's. I I'm only going off the top of my head here, but he's definitely been beaten a couple of times when he's had to do it tough, hasn't he? Curly James beat him. Yeah. Um, There's another time. Was a Bulletproof Boy beat him? I think he did. Uh, uh, yeah, Buckingham beat him. When I was had about his to say, way, when you were going to drive yeah. him Buckingham. That's right. Um, so, superstar horse, one of our best. But, um, you know, he and, gets beaten. He gets beaten. I mean, he can be beaten.
1: So, so he was beaten all those times when he raced tough. But in the grand final, the Vic Cup, he did get beaten. Yes, he ran second, but that mm. was his grand final. He did it tough on that occasion, and he performed, Bronte.
3: Yes, I uh, can't take a short odds.
1: <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yeah, um,
3: I was there last night, and the connections, like Andy, was so thrilled with Catch a Wave, but. Like Tim said, it's just the Yam race that sticks with me.
2: It's <laughs> 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 gonna be on his. Uh, it's it's gonna get in, and it was one of his uh, most memorable moments that he got beat. C- what about Toby? Um, yep. Could we right now a hypothetical hundred dollar note? How would you play it? That might be a good mm. way to discuss this. Um, yeah. Anything Off the top of your head, what do you think? What do you like? What do you like doing with hundred dollar note? No, you can't put it in your pocket.
1: You've, you've called me odd a few times, Tim. One, three, and five of the three I'm... Uh, sorry, no, sorry, I've said that wrong. One, two, and five of the three I'm looking at. Beyond the light, Pete said so, and Kanina Provlima. Uh, with $100, I might just go 25 each way, Pete said so, and Kanina Provlima. They were so impressive in uh, the and Cup which one of those is the one I really want to land on. I'm not 100% sure without digging a little bit deeper, but Pete said so he's going to get a pretty good run, potentially midfield. I think Kanina Provlima, of what he did in the Shepparton Cup, you would hand up to him, would you not? If, it doesn't matter who you are, you'd let him work to the front and roll along in front. If he does that again, he's going to give a great sight for a long way. Where's your 100 yeah. hypothetical, team?
2: Well, you go first, Bronte. Um, oh. I'm, still deci- I'm still deciding.
3: <laughs> so I like roughies, um, and I've made that point really clear about myself. So I don't I To be completely honest, I can't really remember the market already, but I'm going to assume. Please
2: don't say ultimate Vinny for our great mate Sam Barker. Forty oh, can't win. Forty. No,
3: because I've been I've been tipping him every week, and he's been costing me my um, image. So, <laughs> but no, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, I I think the horse that's a bit forgotten in this is the Sia Art. Uh, I know it's going to be probably three fence, but... Seven
2: dollars at the moment?
3: Yep. Um, Mac Dan is the horse that I always forget about in these big races, and it usually will win. Those times I forget about it, so I like those two. And initially when the Fields came out, I was on Beyond Delight. I I really liked it. I feel like it's going to cop pressure, which may not be good for the horse because it can get fired up. And if it gets fired up, um, the horse makes all the decisions and potentially it will hold the front. But I like that's probably not ideal for the horse longevity coming into the future races. So they will want to take a sit on it, but it, it would be up to the horse. Um, so if it is comfortable, I would actually, I'd really like Beyond Delight too. I think Serge Blanco is too short. I wouldn't want to be on that but i, I it's out to six now yeah. actually on
2: the back of your um your comments <laughs> 550 <out> or five <laughs> fifty out to six
3: canina Provlima i was really impressed with in the inter dominion mm. series and that is inter dominion grand circuit form so as pete said so but there was just something about canina Problema, how it handled the inter dominion series and the pressure i really liked that and it's just growing in the last six months as a horse
2: um, we have got to take a break, I think, Tabby. But yep. my, my hundred bucks would be twenty five a win, Mac Dan, seventy five a place. So that's how I'm playing it on uh, Saturday night.
1: One by three, Mac Dan, who's nine Money. and two forty. Bronte will
2: give her actual spend after the break. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, she will give her a spend.
1: Let's get that final break away. We'll be back the other side. And Andy Gaffey is going to join us in the second hour. We'll talk more. Catch a wave there for sure. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. I'd have to get the sweeper man Uh, hard at work this afternoon. Now, Bronte, just quickly, how would you spend your $100? Now you've had a bit of a chance to look at the market.
3: Yeah, so I think that Mac Dan's place odds are really attractive um, for a horse that rarely misses a place in the feature races. So I would say $50 each way there, even though I want to be on Beyond Delight. I'm interested to see who Mark Pitt drives.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it will be interesting. Now, Big Fella's asking about the sprint lane and the trial they did at Ballarat. Well, that was for the Inter Dominion series. So, uh, the Inter Dominion heats are run at different venues, and they wanted some uniformity, Big Fella. So, they re- used the sprint lane, or we installed a sprint lane for the Inter Dominion heats, and then they returned the track to its normal self without the sprint lane after the Inter-Dominion heats. That's how that has come about over time. It's time for the 12 o'clock news. Let's get Andrew Patrick Gath, and I've got a bone to pick with him too.
0: You're listening to Trot's Life with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back
1: to Comedy Life with Toby McKinnon, and Andrew Gath joins us. How are you, Andy? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks, Toby. Now, uh, I do have a bone to pick with you, and we may as well play this out on air, like uh, you're pretty unkind last uh, on Friday night, saying that I uh, used me one humorous joke of the year, and you've got a long year ahead listening to me without having a laugh.
5: Well, that's it. You only have one a year. You it early, so I was just surprised. I thought you might have waited till at least half the year.
1: Well, actually, and Tim, you'll have a chuckle at this. I got Dan Malecki to laugh uh, mid-race on Friday night, and... I, I proudly sent Andy a text saying, "Well, that's twice I've got Andy to laugh. Uh, twice I've got Dan Malecki to laugh today. And what odds are that happening, Andy? And you know what his response was, Tim? Bigger odds than Rikiro Blaze. It was $151. So, <laughs> I've, I've just, well, uh, yeah. What struck What struck me about this is that uh, Andy gasping being uh,
2: Quite disrespectful disrespectful to another member of HRV because he's. I've already asked him. I saw him on uh, New Year's Eve and I said, for 2024, can you be nice to me? That's all you've got to do. And he said, oh, what the whole year?
1: <laughs> uh, I think, anyway, I think it's a nice little snapshot behind the scenes and the relationships we build with people. And uh, we are having a bit of fun and that's the best way to do it. Now, Andy, catch a wave on Saturday night in a Ballarat Cup. Talk to us about it, please.
5: Yes, obviously, um, it was a race that probably wasn't on the radar initially. Um, like everything, I did nominate and just kept the options open and just sort of saw Harry child and he child well and comes through the trial pretty good. So it elected to go that way. But we um, have got a pretty sticky barrier draw on my, on my first look at it anyway. So we'll, we'll try and work it out before the race comes.
2: Well, I was going to head that way with the next question, Andy. But um, you know, there looks to be speed, doesn't there? And we've spoken many times about how you know, at this level, um, there's not many horses, including yours, that can just go around and sit in the death and and crush their rivals. So it's uh, it really is a tricky barrier. I know that it can be an easy thing to say, but um, you know, it may be just a case where you float out and just see how things pan out early, and you won't be afraid to go back if you have to, or or if you if Kate. You know, suggests or thinks the leads there, she can press on, but um, it may be one that you could put hours into and never know. So you're just going to have to trust Kate here.
6: Yeah, I think she,
5: um, we're just going to have to wing it at the start and probably just hedge your bets a little bit, to sort of go a little bit forward at the start and sort of see what happens. to so eventually, and see who sort of finds the top, and might be a couple of horses that might hand up if they lead, and then be a couple of horses that won't hand up if they lead. So. Um, yeah, we're mindful of the fact that this is the start of his preparation. Admittedly, he's in a pretty good race, worth good money too. So you don't want to just throw away a good race as well. But we're mindful of what's ahead of him as well. So um, yeah, he won't be overdriven at the start anyway. So um, yeah, he's shown that probably his career has probably evolved a little bit where he's a bit of a leader and front runner early on in his career. He's sort of gone the other way now where he seems to um, appreciate chasing horses down.
2: Uh, Andy, um, not many horses or not many trainers would be tossing up between a twelve hundred meter race first up and a <laughs> twenty seven hundred <laughs> meter race first up uh, on the same weekend. Um, he's very versatile. Catch a wave.
5: Yeah, he, he is, uh, and I, I think most standardbreds are these days. They they can adjust to any conditions, um, yeah, especially the good ones. So, um, yeah, no, that was a, a tricky one. That twelve hundred meter race was some quality horses in that race as well. So that wasn't uh, no races, uh, give me races these days. You've got to earn them. So, um, yeah, it's a tricky one to know where to go with. But um, probably, um, to be fair, the Valorant Cup there's probably lacked a little bit of depth over previous years. And obviously, a couple of good Victorians up there, better Eclipse than Rock and Roll do. And cruder hasn't made it made his way here yet and left the like De Flames decided to go to Queensland. So, um, yeah, it probably just swayed me a little bit that, you know, that he might not have to have a super hard run considering the lack of depth a little bit in the race.
1: Is his, What's his ultimate goal in this preparation catchaway then? Is it a Hunter Cup? Is it the Miracle Mile? What, what, what's his ultimate goal or are you you're sort of sitting on the fence and waiting to see how he comes out of this run?
5: Tassie Cup? Yeah, obviously um, you know um, Hunter Cup and probably the Miracle Mile may be his main aim if you, um, if you want to pinhole the horse you'd probably have to say maybe he's a specialist short course horse. Uh, he races very well up an angle so um, you know, that's probably the one that we're gonna target the most and probably have him completely screwed down for. But saying that he's a horse that you can sort of um you know, th- there has been times he got beat when people probably think he should have won. Um could be the trainer <laughs> error too, but he's the type of horse that when you're getting ready for a big race you can screw him down in that week and sort of get a lot more out of him. So, um we don't do with him all the time. Obviously, um only got so much in him. So, um yeah, but any time he's in a big race, we can sort of get him spot on.
1: I think, Tim, uh, he didn't say Tassie Cup last year. It was the Eric Reese Memorial that Andy was targeting with the horse. But, yeah, Tim?
5: I think he might be
2: just graded out of that one. But, uh, um, Andy, what about... He had his last start in the, the Breeders' Crown race, uh, the, the four-year-old race, uh, and he's had some time off since then. I can't remember when that was, mid-November, perhaps. Did he go away and spell in Port Ferry or, or wherever he goes or, or just talk us through the last couple of months with... Catch away, yeah.
5: Um, he didn't go back to Port Terry. Um, uh, it's about a two day trip for me to take him there and back. And he only had a fortnight <laughs> off. Uh, so um, he went up to uh, I've got a gist where I gist my horses up in up in Gisborne. So he, he went up there for a couple of weeks, but actually, when he came back down, uh, come back from he had a foot absence for about three or four days, so he had an extra bit more time off. So, but um, yeah, you don't really lose too much of his residual fitness just having a fortnight off, so he's always. Sort of pretty well ready to go straight away anyway. So I'm just sort of been treading water, waiting for those races to come along.
2: Um, just one more from me, Andy. Uh, I think we've spoken about this, but just for those that probably were wondering or or don't know, would you ever look at a anything a little bit outside the box with catch a wave in terms of this year, like you know a slot race, um, interstate, or, or I know you didn't head to the inter, inter Dominion last year. Would that be on the radar this year? Anything? you know, like that, that might be on the radar, or is he just not that sort of horse?
5: Um, no, he wouldn't. I wouldn't take him to Perth for sort of the Nullarbor. I just think it's too hard a place to travel and go there, and they, um, the drivers, they're pretty protective over there of, of their own little place, and we saw what happened to my ultimate, Ronnie went over there too. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty hard if you don't draw any good over there to sort of get into the race, so... And can be pretty hot as well, so we probably won't go there. The race by Greens or whatever, I haven't had any interest from any slot holders, so it might not be on the table either. But if anyone's anyway, showed interest, uh, we probably have some interest in going that one. It's probably easier to get to than Perth. Uh, just jump on a plane, going flying straight to Auckland. So um, yeah. So options are open, and obviously, if the Zealand being at an angle, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be an option as well.
1: Yeah, you might get some interest <laughs> now, Andy, having stated that. That might be the uh, clickbait, uh, Tim. That, uh,
2: well, he's easy, he's easy to sway because I don't think the Ballarat Cup was on the radar until a couple of days ago, Andy. And there might have been a man uh, with the initials uh, PR that might have said, uh, any any chance of coming to Bray Raceway?
5: <laughs> yeah, I hope he's true to his word, that man, because he said he's going to be my his hand if I turn up. So, um, <laughs> that is so true. if he locked up in his suit and tie, you know that he's lied to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think andy's heard i'm going to the slot race in new zealand just wants to come for a trip uh andy what there is one i'm interested in a horse called highly invincible I had Ian Barker on the show a couple of months ago he's a tasmanian horse and uh, he's made his way to your stable and i did have a week off and i missed his run at bendigo uh highly invincible's in the first race said he not yeah he's
5: probably not lately named to be honest um yeah, no, he's a reasonable horse, I a mean, good job in Tasmania. I think you, um, he's a front-of-the-field horse. He really probably doesn't give 100% effort when he's back in the field and he sort of, when he raced at Benny. He wasn't too bad, he hit the line okay, but that was defense sort of biased night. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he's got a Metro win in him. He's just got to find the right race. So I certainly had a quick look at his field, but if he could find the top there for sort the of late night, he'd be pretty hard to beat.
1: I think Coravali Star would be pretty hard to beat <laughs> if he found the top two, Andy, in that race.
5: Yeah, he's going really good. Corowa Valley Star, he, he? he runs in the two cups. He hit the line really strong from bad barrier draws, and you know he, he wouldn't have been out of place in the Ballarat Cup either. But I just thought he's going so well, and this looked like a good series for him. That in, you know the owners in New Zealand some opportunity and some good money, hopefully, and yeah. So um, yeah, know, he's going well.
1: Andy, will let you go, mate. Uh, best of luck with catch a wave on uh, Saturday night in the Ballarat Cup throughout his campaign and. Uh, best of luck with rakiro Blaze, who uh, will be shorter than 150 to 1, and uh, so am I to make someone laugh twice in a day.
5: Um, yeah, no, when you make me laugh again, Toby, this year, I'll put it on Twitter.
1: <laughs> well, you've just got me. So, uh, Andy, thanks, mate. Catch you soon. Cheers, uh, thank you. There's Andy Gath and his phone. He's got Kiwi numbers ringing him, I reckon, uh, right as we speak. Slot race uh, in uh, New Zealand. Uh, that would be. It is shaping up as being one of the nights of the year. Let's get a break away. We'll come back the other side and we'll see who else we can track down out of the Ballarat Cup on Saturday night or the night pistol.
0: You're listening to Tuesday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington.
1: Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. We're just gonna try and grab hold of Carrie ann Morris, but in the meantime, off the fake text machine, uh, Tim. Well, the horse that won the Tassie Cup has disappeared off the face of the earth. What's happening with Where's the Gold? I haven't seen him for a while. Did I miss something when I was away for a week? Did he race? Or what's happened with Where's the Gold?
2: Well, we didn't talk about him for a week, so everyone would think that he's fallen off the face of the earth. Um, I actually don't know much, to be honest. If um, any of the other connections are listening, uh, let us know. But uh, he did have a good He was having a long spell the last I heard, so um, potentially still out in the paddock somewhere. Oh. and uh, getting ready for um something later in the year.
1: I misheard when they said uh Tim's horse wears the gold needed a long spell. I missed the the horse and wears the gold. I are they were talking about you mate?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do need a spell. I've had it. No, I have had it. So um um actually I'll tell you one thing. I uh I've never been um so excited to uh, not be working on a big race night because I've got um I've got Saturday night off, so I'll be just uh mm. hopefully Rousey can wine and dine
1: me here at the, crowd just, the We just lost a bit of crowd at uh, Ballarat no, on Saturday night. Kerri-Ann no, Morris it. is on the line. Kerri-Ann, I spoke to you on Saturday night as you went out onto the track. My apologies because you probably would have won with <laughs> if you hadn't have spoken to me. As you, you reckon I jinxed you? Yeah, that's usually
7: the way. There's always a jinx
1: there somewhere. Now, you, you've made the big trip down to Shepparton and you're coming back with the two runners for the Ballarat Cup on Saturday night. Pete said so and Canina Provlima.
7: Yeah with them racing so well on Saturday night at Shep um we thought would would give um Ballarat a try and um yeah they've both come up with some nice draws again um so yeah now we're we're really happy with them
1: I don't know about nice draws again it feels like to me that Pete said so we just continually gave him bad draws he ran so well through and into the into the minion series down here and I'm pretty sure we gave him seven every start or that's how it felt like from gate two, uh, you you're going to drive, Pete said so, and I see David Moran's down on Canina Provlima where you've lost nothing there, that is for sure. What would the plans be for Pete said so initially and then Canina Provlima, you press forward at the start?
7: Um, Yeah, I think, you know, I think you can't really make too many plans. Um, You just go out there and see what happens when the gate goes. But, um, yeah, I think at this stage, um, Pete said so, he's already, already in the running line, so he um, won't have to do a real lot of work to um, to maintain a, a good position. And, um, yeah, well, you've seen the other night, the other horse can can do a bit of work and um still be there at the finish. So, yeah, we've got options.
2: Kerry-Ann, Tim O'Connor here. Uh, the first thing that struck me was that uh, you clearly don't hold grudges putting David Moran on Canina Problema. <laughs>
7: <laughs> no, well, I'm um, actually keeping the horses at his place, so... Um, yeah, they no, were no, definitely not holding any grudges, and um, yeah, no, um, he's a good driver. So, so hopefully, um, yeah, he can um, he can steer him in the right direction on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, um, just I mean, he's a horse that I remember. Um, he's got an interesting name for starters, but I remember talking to David Miles about him uh, way back when. He ran a really good race one night, and I wrote a story, and David back then, was saying that he thought he would be this sort of horse, a horse that would be in the free-for-all grades and, and running in, you know, big country cups. So uh, I scrolled back through the form and he's... i tell you what, he's been all over the joint. How did you come about getting Kanina Um, we have
7: probably only had him probably over the last six months or more. Um, we just got asked to take him um, on half. And, and yeah, we we'll, able to give him a try at Menangle and, and that was, you know... He went to Menangal and he raced really good there and he showed that he had really good speed. And he just kind of with the racing got better and better. Um, then we, we elected to take him to Brisbane for the for the Inter-Dominion Series up there, and um, which he, he raced super up there and the racing never hurt him. Um, so, yeah, no, we're, we're just wrapped with how he's um come through all his runs and he just seems to be getting a little bit stronger racing that day of horses.
3: Hey Ann, it's Bronte here. Hello, I um I was super impressed with Kanina Provlima's performances in the Inter Dominion, especially. I was there in Queensland for the whole uh, majority of the series, but it was one of the horses that week in and week out just went very, very, very well. And Pete said so is a horse that you know has always been known for his gate speed and his electric speed. I just want to know, and I think the punters want to know, is there a reason maybe that you elected to drive Pete said so after the fantastic performance of, well, both of them, but Kanina Provlima that you drove last week? Yeah. No, there's no real reason, to
7: be honest. Um, Old Nigel, that's what we call Pete said so, he's probably one of my favourites, and I haven't driven him for a really long time, so it was, the boys aren't coming down to to drive on Saturday night, so um, it was my chance to get back on him. So yeah, no, I'm gonna go and have a steer of Margee.
2: Yeah, oh, good start, and What's your history in uh, in Ballarat, my hometown? I uh, have you been here before? Have you raced here before? Um, you won't need to bring your jumper for once. So uh, the weather's going to be good on Saturday night.
7: I wouldn't. I think I'll still pack one just in case. I would. um, (laughs) um, Yeah. No, we've raced a few times at Ballarat. Um, Yeah, not too often. I think we raced there in the Inter Dominion series, and um, I think I've had a couple of others, maybe the Breeders' Crown heats or something like that. But um, yeah, no, we've been there a few times.
1: Now, uh, you've got a busy day today, Kerry ann Have you got a winner for us somewhere across the day between the couple you drive and those you train?
7: Um, well, I'm hoping um, Tedesco puts his right foot forward. Um, last week, it was his first run from New Zealand for us and he's um, made, a, made a couple of errors, but um, I think we might have ironed them out, hopefully, fingers crossed, and, um, yeah, hopefully he can put his right foot forward tonight
1: today. Today. So that's in about uh 90 90 minutes for those that are playing along. Race 1 today at Menangle, number 10 Tedesco starting off 10 metres. and uh, if anything goes wrong, Kerry Ann just blame the driver. Yeah,
7: exactly.
1: That's the easy way. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for jumping on on short notice, Kerry Ann. Best of luck on Saturday night. I think Pete said so and Canina probably We got wonderful chances and I know you're in second and third and you just might be able to go that little bit better And first and second would be a dream result in a Ballarat Cup. Thank you. There's Kerry-Ann Morris, uh, trainer and driver extraordinaire. Uh, Yeah, she's got a busy, busy day, Tim. There's horses in race one and two that uh, she trains, race four that she trains, race five she's driving in race six she's got one in and race seven so she's just about involved in every race of the seven across the meeting at Menengle today
2: well no wonder she um wasn't <laughs> immediately back on the reply when i asked her yeah. if she'd come on uh, and she i could see she'd read the message but hadn't replied and uh, um i thought she was just uh that was a way of saying leave me alone it may have been but um yeah certainly a lot more on her plate but yeah great to have those two horses they're really interesting runners and um, there's always something about an interstate raider, isn't there, Toby, or, or one from New Zealand? Of course, Akuta was going to be here, but he's not coming. Um, I have been told that uh, he's definitely been... Sorry, Akuta and Don't Stop Dreaming have been nominated for races uh, coming up in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, what have we got? The Casey Classic will be Akuta. And um, Don't Stop Dreaming is going to be going for the four-year-old Bonanza and Akuta, the Hunter Cup. So they're definitely coming across, but
1: just a touch later than first thought. Yeah. Uh, th- th- the race that I think we've forgotten about is the Cranbourne Cup after the Hunter Cup, which it's interesting, isn't it? The Ballarat Cup, Cranbourne Cup, sort of bookending the Hunter Cup now. It's it's in a different time slot, the Cranbourne Cup. And it, there's every chance, I reckon, Tim, that the Cranbourne Cup could shape as a wonderful, wonderful race this year. If we ended up with a cooter in it and a couple of runners out of a Hunter Cup and catch a uh, comes out of a Ballarat Cup, maybe maybe even a Canina, Provlima or Pete said so if they won on Saturday night. We've got some big racing coming up over coming weeks.
2: We do. Uh, I'll be working that Cranbourne Cup night. So looking forward to that. I actually put up a, a little story from the club yesterday on the thetrots.com.au, the $100,000 Group 2 Cranbourne Cup and uh, $50,000 Cranbourne Trotters Cup. It's, it's a really good card of, um, yeah, it's going to be just a great high quality meeting. So looking forward to that and um, jump on the you if you want to book a package. Uh, a little shout out to the club, they do a great job. So, uh, one meeting I didn't know was so big, Toby. I remember seeing some photos a few weeks back. It must have been the Christmas uh, dual code meeting there at Cranbourne. That looked like an extraordinary crowd. Were you there at all?
1: I was there, yes. And uh, it's probably the most underrated meeting uh, yeah. in harness, race ter- harness racing terms. I'd say it's the biggest crowd I've seen at the trots uh, in. In a long time, uh, would be bigger than New Year's Mountain Eve. New Year's Eve, you reckon? Ah, uh, would be bigger than that because it's such a big space, yeah, see. So, you, you forget it at Cranbourne. You can dine a thousand people. Like so, so say Saturday night, there might have been a thousand at Shepperton, but Cranbourne can have a thousand sitting down at tables in the building. So you can have a thousand at Cranbourne, not even know there's anyone there. Plus, mm. then the lawns were full as well. Out the back was full. It was Chris Alford, right? I don't know how. He had must have had about twenty pairs of driver's glasses. He was signing the driver's glasses and handing them out the kids. Fair income.
2: That's great. I um like well, Yeah. Things That's so cost him a that's cost him
1: a quid to go to the trots. Oh, you'll probably invoice the club, knowing Chris. <laughs> uh so that that's probably a lot but in all no, seriously, there were there was kids asking for whips and hats and uh, helmets great. and anything they could get their hands on. And it was like something from when I was young. And uh, it, it did take me back to when I was about, oh, geez, I was well less than 10, Tim. And funnily enough, the biggest race at Shepparton back then was called the four-year-old Gold Cup. They used to give away a float with to the winning trainer. So the prize money wasn't that high. But uh, when a float is given away to the winning trainer, trainers seem to focus on the race a bit more than the owners did. <laughs> and it was a huge race every year. And I was up there one uh, it was sponsored by John Deere this occasion. And Johnny Cowdo drove about the first three winners and he already had two John Deere hats because every draw winning driver got a John Deere hat. And he handed me his John Deere hat, right? Johnny Cowdo. Uh, at that time, that went straight to, you know, above my bed and it sat above my bed for about the next uh, 10 years and <laughs> I just treasured that John Deere. There, uh,
2: there is, there, there, there can be such a small gesture that, that yeah. leave a lasting impact on a kid or uh, I'm sure Bronte's got memories of, as a kid that I don't know what it might be. It, it or something. Off. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I but, actually, you know, I was not the person I am now when I was a kid and I... I'm sure some of the media team would know because the the old Queensland media team. Because I had I just didn't talk. I didn't even open my mouth. And as a kid, I'd go to the races and I'd be my dad's shadow and I'd stand right behind him. And if any other like adult came near my dad and they tried to talk to me, I'd hide even further behind him <laughs> and crouch down. And uh, I didn't start talking to people until I was about seventeen.
1: Yeah, but,
2: but like yeah, um, I've no, I've I got nothing in the trots, Toby, But uh, I used to have a set of cricket gloves uh, before we go to a break that. I got given from a, a Victorian player that, um, well, I couldn't help myself. I, I had them locked away for a while. I thought, I'll never use those. And then I just one day, I thought, nah, bugger this. I'm going to yeah. look real good if Who I was roll it? out in these. And John Moss, his name oh, was. Oh, yeah, Jonathan for Victoria, Moss. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we played in a game one day and he, he threw them to me, so... There's always little things like that that leave a lasting impact.
3: I actually remember when I was at Parklands one time, and I was probably about six, and I remember Natalie Rasmussen walked past me and she smiled and said hello, and like, that really stuck with yeah, me. I was yeah, like, it, it was the Natalie Rasmussen at the time, and she was <laughs> so good at Queensland. I was like, oh, my God.
2: I, I, I kind of had that with uh, Andy Gath until I got to know him a bit, Toby, and then uh, he's just mean to me now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think he's, uh, well, he's, yeah, he's I agree. he's man. great hello, Andy. And, uh, Bronte, I had no dramas with talking when I was a child, which will come as a complete shock to both of you, I am sure. Let's get to the 12.30 (laughs) news. I am working on a guest for the other side of the news. We might have a crack, see if he or she picks up the phone.
0: You're listening to Trust Life with Toby McKinnon.
1: Oh, welcome back to Trotz Life. Tim O'Connor, Bronnie Newenberg, and Toby McKinnon with you. Tim, just quickly, mate, do you enjoy a round of golf or two?
2: This this coming through on the fake text machine, has it? Uh, no, I do. Um, but one of my great playing partners, uh, it might be at his wits
1: end with me. Uh, look, uh, I know you used to be mates with a bloke called Sam Barker, so, uh, and, you know, this horse, Ultimate Vinny, I've been Team Ultimate Vinny the whole way through. Sam, how are you, yeah. mate?
6: Yeah, pretty good, mate. Yourself?
1: Yeah, really good. Now, <laughs> there's there's an elephant in the room all of a sudden here. You, you, you're you not happy? Tim's comments on Ultimate Vinny, you know I've always been by his
6: side. <laughs> nah, uh, he's probably right. He's probably out of his depth this week, but. Being a local cup, I thought I'd throw him in the deep end.
1: I'm taken back, mate, to Rackham up Tiger Pie, which feels like it wasn't that long ago. but It was probably about five Mm. years ago. And Mick Stanley sat outside one of the really good Purden horses and he almost won a Ballarat Cup at about 100 to 1. And I think the whole straight was just cheering him home. And it's got a bit of that sort of vibe about it. It was the fixer, yeah. Wouldn't it be huge to win your hometown cup?
6: Yeah, definitely would, but I'll, I'll give you one to I hope we're not in the breeze this week. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could you cross him? Could you light him up and cross him?
6: Um, I wouldn't think we probably can cross him, but we probably can work forward, and then hopefully someone comes around, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think you'll have no dramas with someone coming around. Uh, any people in the media ever pointed out that he could make a Ballarat Cup? Has Tim ever said that or anyone you know of?
6: No, I don't think Tim's ever said he could win or anything. <laughs> um, but I, one bloke saying about twelve months ago, I reckon he would see him in the Bell Cup. Well, there you go. I don't know who that was. Tim.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I well, just I was going to say, Sammy. Um, Ultimate Vinny needs to perform uh, on Saturday night because he needs to pay for that new driver you bought the other day.
6: Yeah, well, all the golf balls I lose.
2: <laughs> well, the tic-tacs your fire <laughs> off into the bush last night. Um, now, nah, great to see him in the the cup. But uh, what what what's in store for Ultimate Vinny? Obviously, he's uh, he's campaigned through these country cups. Um, is there a little break in store for him? Would you look interstate uh, with him, or what, what are you thinking long term for the rest of twenty twenty four, mate?
6: Um, well, he's probably got to have a little bit of a let up after the ballot cup because he's probably mm. had um, pretty tough racing in the last probably six weeks. He probably hasn't missed a week there and he's probably studying the breeze four of them over the 2600, so he's probably going to have a little let up after the Ballarat Cup, I would say. Um, but I was thinking about going to across the taxi for the Cup, but mm. not a real good traveller, so I'm still in two different minds. Do I go or do I stay home? Not a real good
1: traveller. Did you learn that when you took him to the SA Cup?
6: Yeah, well, I took him over there on the heat night, on the day of the race at night, the following night, and um, got, we got halfway there and I pulled over and I travelled him over night time. He was a layer of sweat. I knew he would before that. And then when we rocked up there, even Taylor French, the driver, said he's um, not himself. He had his head down and he was a bit flat. And so on the final night, we decided to go over a little bit earlier and we, well, I, I reckon he went better on the final than the heat.
1: But if you went to Tassie, you could make sort of a a, couple, a week or two of it. You wouldn't go f- over and back and over and back, surely.
6: No, I would probably. I'd make a month of it. Get a holiday.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. But speaking of dri- and Barker, get him <laughs> back on the uh, on the tools again. Sp- speaking of drivers, mate, uh, who'll who'll drive Ultimate Vinnie on Saturday night? Are you left undecided, or are you waiting to see who contacts you first?
6: Uh no. Well, I'm actually. Well, I'm hoping on the stewards let Taylor. Taylor's got her appeal coming up today, I think. Um, okay. mm-hmm. So if she doesn't happen to get off that, it's probably going to go down to Alan Toomey, I would say, if she doesn't pick up a drive in the meantime.
3: Sam, why don't you uh, get your... I Do not Do you have a driver's licence at the moment? I thought that you would want to take the reins yourself.
6: Um, I think I've done everyone a favour and handed them the licence <laughs> in. Um, that's,
1: Sam, un- I, that's unkind. I... <laughs> You drove some wonderful races in Mildura for Sandra O'Connor and the likes, and won plenty of races, mate. I think you've been unkind to yourself.
6: Well, if you throw enough mud, something's going to stick.
2: <laughs> well, there's a, if you if you happen to drive into Ballarat Cup, Sam, w- would we see would we see a salute uh, akin to the one that you produced with uh, a touch of terror all those years ago? <laughs>
6: um, yeah, probably. It probably <laughs> has to be bigger than that, I'd say.
1: <laughs> uh a, a serious one mate uh paris jamila's in tomorrow night and oh uh, she's a very very uh talented horse and i don't know it just feels like it's going to be her sort of preparation if that makes sense i can see her going a long way this preparation it's a heat of the mayor sprint championship looks a really good race for her and she's coming up against a couple of my other favorites focus elder baron demi it's a very good race tomorrow night
6: yeah it definitely is um Last prep, we had a bit of a setback due to a foot in um, leg injury. Um, so that was a shame because we missed out in a few nicer races at the end of the year there. Mm. Where well, I thought she was going to um, stamp how good she is. Um, but obviously, drawn seven tomorrow night, she's got the gate speed probably to be first there if they want to hand up, I would say. Um, but yeah. He's definitely tough enough to sit outside this
1: to. And I know Tim makes out like he's your number one supporter, but geez, Lyndon Turner and and you team up so brilliantly well together.
6: Yeah, well, Lyndon came to me when I was about oh, 17, and um, mm. yeah, he stuck with me till this day now. Yeah,
1: it makes it even better when you get every winner for him. Any more? Any more for Sam, Tim, or uh, you want to? You're good. You're good to go. No, we've given him enough stick, and um,
2: <laughs> as his good girlfriend knows, I think she thinks something's going on between us, so we might have a night off tonight, Sam, and I'll catch up with you Wednesday somewhere.
6: Oh, well, I thought, thought about a lunch date today, but...
2: <laughs> oh, I'll come down the flying horse for us, he'll sort us out. <laughs> <laughs> Se- 7.03, well, oh, oh,
1: seven oh, uh, that's about how far you drive him, I've heard, Sam. Thanks for joining us, mate. Best of luck on Saturday night with Ultimate Vinny and... It would be something special to win a Ballarat Cup. Thank you, guys. There's Sam Barker, trainer of Ultimate Vinnie, a break, and we'll get Paul Rouse up on the other side. We might straighten up a little bit for uh, the great
0: man Rousey. You're listening to Tuesday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington. Welcome back. Toby
1: McKinnon in the host chair. Paul Rouse joins myself, Tim and Bronte. Rousey, how are you, mate? And whereabouts are you? I'm actually in the office, Toby. I did go
8: down and say day to Tim and Bronte about an hour or so ago, but uh, big week, cup week. So I'm just uh, writing my list to make sure that uh, everything's uh, all ready to go for Saturday
1: night. It is a, a big week, and it's a very special race to a lot, of, a lot of people, mate, and this will probably sound unkind to many, but it's some achievement just to get a runner in a race like a Ballarat Cup, isn't it?
8: Oh, it certainly is, Toby, and, um, you know, it's, it was a bit of a difficult week last week when we heard Mark Purden wasn't coming, but um, we rallied overnight. Uh, Andy popped in uh, catch-away for us, and I think just adds to the quality, and, uh, you know, also picking up Mac, Mac Dannon as a late nom, as uh, probably just got the cup over the line and, um, you know, we're, we're just hopeful that uh, it turns out to be the cracking race that appears to be on paper.
1: Now, I, I just want to touch on this. You've had five runners in, in the cup over the years, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th, which seems unkind, right? But you just <laughs> got to get magic after midnight to the level and five more because you never run the same place twice, first, second, third, fourth and fifth still to come, mate.
8: No, I think we had our chance many years ago. I think we lobbed in the one-one uh, behind Manwarra Gopher Gold, and uh, the horse uh, wasn't uh, travelling that well and sort of carded us back. But
1: uh, mm, it is always it does, a big yeah. thrill,
8: and um, yeah, we always look for the uh, locals to uh, to give a good show. And it was great to hear young Sam Barker on the uh, radio uh, before. And uh, of course, you've got to be in it to win it. So hopefully, uh, you know, Sam
1: gets a bit of luck in the cab. Yeah, a bit for a question or two. He's another Ballarat local. Yeah, well,
2: Sorry, here, uh, I just... I was... go on, Rousey. No, I was just, just going to say
8: that um, again. We acknowledge uh, all the people that are good enough to put their horses in, and um, hmm. it's always been a tough field to get into. So uh, the fact you're in it, it it's a big achievement
2: yeah well, I was going to just talk about the other race that i mean it, it to me it's just an outstanding race and yeah, true. Um, I know you look at you're probably a little bit as you said a Cuda pulling out and maybe some of the big guns not heading here this year, you might be a little disappointed you know in the weeks leading up to the bar pacing cup, but this night pistol, um if you're a trotting fan and you want to come out and and see a good race and also our best trotter in the country, um what a great opportunity this is uh just a sensational field.
8: It certainly is. And I actually taunted uh, Greg Sugars overnight and suggested that maybe Just Believe could do a Murray's Idol and compete in the Cup. But, um, yeah. you know, he's got uh, plenty more <laughs> ahead of him in the coming weeks. And I think uh, the uh, local uh, Yabby Dam Farms putting in Cornley the Breeze uh, is just out of an extra level of intrigue. And uh, we've got a bit of a French connection here in uh, Ballarat, so we're we're hoping the horse uh, performs as well as the uh, the stable believe it will go.
2: Yeah. Um, what about... a what about from an event side of things, Rousey? Um, thankfully, uh, now that I'm uh, in charge of some of the rosters here at HIV, I uh, managed to get the night off, and uh, I can enjoy the beer garden this year. So if you're keen on uh, heading out nice. Saturday night, uh, yeah, what 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 can we look forward to here at Bray Raceway?
8: Well, we, we breathed a sigh of relief, Tim, knowing you had the night off and uh, the, the drink sales <laughs> would just uh, skyrocket. So uh, <laughs> I think Ash has ordered in an extra couple of kegs, so we should be, it should be right for you and your your uh, posse. So, uh, Saturday night, first up, you know, 28 degrees in temperature, so um, we have the beer garden in, in full flight, so um, people can buy uh, tickets before the night for the beer garden and uh, at a discounted price, so they can ring the girls at the club on five three three five nine zero four one. Uh, the Bucking Bull makes a uh, long... The Bucking Bull. I know I had to concentrate saying that, but uh, (laughs) Ash has brought the Bucking Bull back. The last time the Bucking Bull was at Bray Raceway, Uh, the then-premier Dennis Napthine was goaded in by the crowd to get on there. So uh, he did do the crowd a favour and jumped on there. It didn't last long, though. but uh, So it's making a comeback, so he can jump on the uh, bull and hopefully uh, try to uh, take on the bull for some cash. we also have a number of kids' activities uh, through Mega Jumps, through a local provider. They get around all the Country Cup circuit. And um, as always, most clubs have live music, so we got some live music. And um, I'm sure, Tim, you'll be excited to hear there'll be an after-party in seven oh three on Bell Street. So uh, I've taken oh, down beauty. all those pictures... With- pictures where we barred you from the venue after your birthday party, so I'll just put them in a shredder. So you'll be reset
3: good to go on Saturday night.
2: I'll tell my wife I'll uh, I'll roll in about 6am Sunday morning. Bronte, the Bucking Bull, I could see you. Um... Oh,
3: as soon as I heard that, I was uh, quite happy that I'm going to be working from home for the most part on socials, (laughs) but can we please make sure that we get some footage of uh, Tim O'Connor after a few beers on the Bucking Bull?
2: Yeah, well, Rousey, when does the... uh... When does the power button go off on the pool? On the <laughs> what time of the well, night?
8: Well, hopefully, Tim, a bit like the uh, when you go to a motel and they close the pool at 10 o'clock just in case. So uh, I'm tipping probably <laughs> oh. it'll go right up to the cup and then uh, all eyes will be on track for the uh, Deco Glaze uh, Pacing Cup and it's great to have uh, a new sponsor to the cup. Uh, as everybody would know, Petstock uh, were great supporters of the club over many years, so uh, Deco Glaze are going to hopefully be as uh, long a supporter of the club as uh, Petstock were.
1: Couple of things here. Hopefully, uh, the Junie footage of me on the ball at three thirty in the morning doesn't yeah. uh, come out. And uh, uh, Rousey uh, Night Pistol at his first start was actually the day you started at Ballarat, I reckon. On <laughs> in nineteen ninety two, he ran eleventh as a five year old in a T one or better at six to one. Just just stop and think about this, right? He was a five year old in a T one or better off the front at six to one. night Pistol in nineteen ninety two. And he went on, he raced, uh, the last time he raced was seven years later. He was off 65 metres at Ballarat at 4-7 to favourite, which is a dollar 57. It was a staggering career he had, Night Pistol, and coincidentally started the day you, you stepped in as CEO there in 92, Rousey. Well, not, probably not that far. I actually <laughs>
8: finished, I started full-time in 97, Toby. So yeah, wow. 27 years full-time, but... Uh, i sort of worked around the club as a kid uh, leading up to that. So, um, But it's great to have Peter Manning having a horse actually in the Night Pistol this yeah. year. And Everybody that watched uh, Plymouth Chubb uh, compete in Queensland, he was just phenomenal. So, uh, you know, whilst everybody believes that uh, Just Believe is the best horse in Australia New Zealand, we're all believers. I was going to say we're all believers. But, um, <laughs> you know, who, who knows? Plymouth uh, Plymouth Chubb may get to the front and uh, be something to chase down.
1: Very good. Rousey, have a wonderful night on Saturday night and maybe just put those photos back up at 4.03 once uh, he leaves today. And uh, 7.03, sorry. 7.03. Oh, wh- yeah. why did, is, why, where did the name 7.03 come from? We mentioned this earlier, we'd ask you. Well, a million times
8: we get asked for our uh, residential address, whether there's sort of postage or things to be dropped off, and uh, we were quite surprised because no-one really knew over time, but it was actually 7.03 on Bell Street is our physical address. Everybody's so used to saying, you know, Bray Raceway. So we thought we'd just formalise that so we remember what we're writing on the envelopes.
1: Like it wasn't Frey uh, Raceway with a bucking bull at Bray Raceway, that is for sure. Uh, Have a great night, Saturday night, mate. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a big crowd. And it is some great racing right across the whole program.
8: Absolutely. Thanks, Toby. And uh, we look forward to seeing, as you said, a big crowd here uh, for a very balmy night at Ballarat. A very balmy
1: night. Uh, Tim, that probably means it's going to be, what, low to mid-teens, is it? Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know. Well,
2: I actually have had a look, and there was a three and a zero on the forecast, which is outstanding. So hopefully that holds up, because I haven't had a lot of luck from memory. And in one particular feature night with Inter Dominion, I don't know if you're on track, night one of the Inter Dominion um, here, whatever it was, uh, a year or so ago, um... You know there was a massive thunderstorm just before race one, and it just ruined it. Really, it it would have halved the crowd. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night Saturday, and I cannot wait for it. Are you going to be on track, Toby, in some? sort of capacity in your one of your 19 different roles?
1: <laughs> no, I will be in Burnie on Saturday night in Tassie. I'm um, heading down Friday. i uh, land in Hobart, go to the Trots Friday night and then off to the Burnie Cup Sunday night. So I'll land in, I'll lob in a Burnie uh, Saturday night and hit the hit the big smoke in Burnie, maybe for a brew <laughs> or two Saturday night and then uh, in preparation for the Burnie Cup Sunday night. So yeah, off to Tassie for, for a few days sort of Holiday slash uh, work slash shake hands, kiss babies' heads, and all that sort of stuff, Tim. Good
2: stuff. And uh, taking the lovely better half
1: with you as well. Uh, yeah, better uh, nine tenths probably would be a better way <laughs> of putting Correct. it, Tim. And uh, that's what odds. Uh, Night Pistol went around nine to ten favourite when he ran second at Ballarat off 50 metres in a TM1 or better in 1998. Let's get to a break, come back the other side, and we'll wrap it up.
0: You're listening to Trot's Life with Toby McEwen. Oh, We got a swipe unbelievable scenes here at
1: SCN. Amazing, uh, one is never will cease. Tim, thank you very much for uh, putting the show together with me and uh, and contributing as well. Great fun. Thanks uh, for having me on, and um, yeah, I love this week. It's uh, there's nothing like your hometown cup. Bronte, and to yourself, thank you very much for
3: joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been great, and I think this is the second time I've actually been out to Bray Raceway, Ballarat. It's even the Queenslander in me. I'm still trying (laughs) to learn, but it's been a great day.
1: All good. Thank you both for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Wednesdays with Wombat. You never know what you're going to get, but I do know tomorrow, Kevin Wiedenbach can't wait to tell that story and the amazing story of a little two-year-old called Stormy Woods who lost its mother when it was only days old and ran second in the first two-year-old of the event in Victoria last week. It's an amazing journey.